Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, Bridgewater Church. It is great to be together and to be able to share in God's Word. I hope you're ready to experience the love and the power that God has waiting for us today. And I wanted to begin this next message in our series, Esther, World Changer, with a story. There was a man who returned to his car that had just been parked in a parking lot, and he found a note under his windshield wiper. And it read this, I have just smashed into your car. The people who saw the accident are watching me right now. They think I am writing down my name and address. They're wrong. End of note. No signature, no integrity, no problem right? Wrong. We're going to talk about integrity today. It's really the theme word for what we'll discover in the next chapter of Esther's story. And as we get rolling on this, I I thought it would be good if we would listen to the definition of integrity together. In fact, if you'd like to, you can read it there Uh, at home with me if you're able to see it on your screen. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles that you refuse to change. Being sound, unimpaired, in perfect condition. Now, don't get me wrong. I really believe that integrity is still essential today. We need integrity in all aspects of our society, and we need it in our personal lives. But sadly, integrity is something that I believe is given less emphasis now more than ever before. In fact, I think it's easy to accept what we want more than to Commit to what is right. That's exactly what Martin Luther King Jr. said. The time is always right to do the right thing. Is that you? Is that me? Is that the group of people we're associated with? I think we're seeing a struggle of integrity. And it's not about simply uh, being honest. Integrity is about moral principles guiding us so that we do exactly what Paul commanded in Ephesians chapter 4. Speak truth, but speak it in love. This morning, I want to go back to Esther's story because Esther was a woman that I would say was a person of integrity. She was raised by a father who modeled integrity to her. And the focus of chapter 6 is the need to put what is right before what is easy. 
In the 14 verses that comprise this segment of our story, I want you and I to think about the foundation of integrity in our lives. Now, to do that, I'm going to share three principles that come out of this chapter, chapter 6. And as we go through them, use these principles as mile markers in your life. How are you doing with these? How am I doing with them? Can we literally say, in fact, maybe you want to make a scale, a scale of 1 to 10. 1, I'm not a person of integrity of all lately. And 10, I, I get it right no matter how difficult it is. Grade yourself as we go through these principles. And our first is found in Esther chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this, the king asked. Now, listen to the answer. Nothing. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, who is in the court? Now, Haman had just entered the outer court of the place to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. Now, here's our first principle that is essential to really get us started in chapter 6. God is the God of integrity, and he remembers. Regardless of whether we are people of integrity or not, God always is. If you believe there's a God, then I can guarantee this, God has a long memory. And that's what I love about this story. Now, let me just remind you where we are. Esther has asked the king to come to a second banquet. When the king extended the royal scepter, he said, Esther, whatever you want, up to half my kingdom, you can have it. And she said, come to a banquet. She had already prepared this celebration with the king, and Haman was invited. But now it's the evening after the first banquet, Preparing for the second banquet. And the king is sleeping. Clearly he's by himself at this moment. And the king I just was restless. You've been there. You, you've been there where you couldn't sleep. So many things were on your mind. You couldn't get past them. This was the king. And so he gets up and he says to one of the attendants, he says, bring me the book of the annals. Now, this book has had different names. It's often called the book of Chronicles. It's called the Chronicle of Notable Events. But the Hebrew literally calls this book that the king is requesting the book of remembrances. Don't you love that? God has a book of remembrances. And, and I hope that the book of remembrances that God has about me are the things that he's been pleased with. But in the book of remembrances for Persia, 
This would have been all of the events that the king felt was worthy of historical record. And then he has the book brought to him because he can't sleep. And he asked one of the attendants to begin reading. Now, I don't believe in coincidence at all. There's no doubt that God was leading this. Yeah, I know. You think God is silent? God really isn't silent in this book. His, his name may not be written out. We don't see the designation of Yahweh. But we do see the hand of God on every page, in every verse. And what was it that the king was told? The attendant read to him about an assassination plot. He knew about it. Two of his attendants, uh, let me see if I get the names right again, Bigthana and Teresh, they had conspired to assassinate the king. But who was it that had exposed the plan? Mordecai. Mordecai is the father-in-law, I mean, I'm sorry, Mordecai is the adopted dad of Esther, and Mordecai is the one who found out about the plot, sitting at the king's gate, and he, he made sure that the king's life was saved. Now, as the king is hearing these words about this story, he asked, what have we done for Mordecai? Now, you would think that the king would have been right on top of this one. If somebody saves your life, are you going to just forget about it? Are you just going to let it all go? Man, I'll tell you what, there's a whole message in here about, do we honor the people that God has used to honor us? That, that's an incredible thought for this morning. But we don't really have time to dwell on that. All I can say is this, that every one of us owe a debt to other people in our lives. And we shouldn't be so quick to forget those debts. And we need to make sure we honor people with integrity in our actions. And this is what bothered King Xerxes. Xerxes realized it was really a slap on his own reputation. That he had not taken the time in order to give some kind of a celebration for Mordecai. Now, in chapter 5, we're told that Haman had decided to go see the king early in the morning. Now, don't forget this. We'll actually come back to this in a few minutes. But Haman wants to kill Mordecai. And he had made the decision to go and see the king the next morning before the second banquet. But he couldn't sleep either. In fact, this went screaming through my mind. Uh, ironically, God had divinely awakened the king to honor Mordecai. But the enemy had awakened Haman with a desire for revenge. What keeps you up at night? Are you thinking about all the people that hurt you? Are you thinking about all the struggles you've been through with other people? Maybe that is, by the way, a good time to evaluate if we have anything that we need to rectify. But in this case, God is the one who woke Xerxes. But Haman can't sleep, and instead of going first thing the next morning, he shows up into the king's uh, courtyard. I'm assuming it's in the wee hours. Maybe it's closer to dawn. I don't know. But I do know this. 
God was working. God was speaking. And our very first insight comes to mind. God is the God of integrity, and he remembers. Listen, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, the writer tells us God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Sometimes you've done some phenomenal things for other people. You had the right motive. You had the right reasons. But then all of a sudden, people don't remember. All of a sudden, people just walk away. And you're, you're left just scratching your head. But can I tell you the good news? God remembers. At the right time, whether it's in this life or the next, God will honor those who have integrity just as God is choosing to honor Mordecai. Haman's plot was to seek revenge. But even though it looked as if Mordecai was going to be hanged, God had other plans. And God is the God of integrity who never forgets what we need in our lives. In fact, I, I don't normally have my phone with me, but I wanted to pick this up not long ago. A friend, he's going to remain nameless. Uh, I had the wonderful opportunity years ago of performing the wedding for this young man. Uh, it, it was a second marriage for him, a first marriage for his wife. And can I really tried to come alongside this young guy. Well, Fast forward a dozen years later, I got this uh, text one day out of the blue. We were talking, and we hope that you guys know how special you are to us. You played a huge part in saving my life more than once, even up to last year when I was a couple of days from not being here. I heard you speak in my ear when I was in the hospital spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. When I heard you speak, I stood up, owned it, and walked out of the hospital when I wasn't even supposed to make it to Christmas. Now, I want you to know that wasn't me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take that kind of credit. Oh, I'd be, I'd be wrong to take that kind of credit. It was God who planted what sounded like my voice in his ear, but he responded to God, and this young man became full of a vibrant life. Why? Because God is a God of integrity, and he remembers. God hasn't forgotten you and me. You may think that you have been left on the wayside, you're standing on the side of the road with your finger out looking for a ride. That's not who you are. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are a child of God. And you are an heir in God's kingdom. Just like Mordecai, God had not forgotten him. Even though it looked bleak, God had a plan for Mordecai's life, and he does for you and me too. Which leads to Esther chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Listen to this. When Haman entered, the king asked him, 
What should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Naaman thought to himself, who is there that the king... Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? It just makes me laugh every time I read it. I read it out loud at home, and I have to laugh. Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king. For the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse that the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let, let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man that the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman. Get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets, proclaiming before him, now listen, come on church, picture this. Haman says, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Here's our next principle. Dishonesty and integrity cannot coexist. As Haman comes into the king's presence, he listens to the king, and it, and it appears that the king dispenses with any pleasantries, like, hi, Haman, how are you? Why are you here so early? The king simply has this immediacy in his mind. He wants to honor Mordecai. But he doesn't unpack the story for Haman. He blurts out, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? The word delights means to take favor in or pleasure in, to be pleased with. Now, please, please let me pause here and just go back for a moment. Just, just press pause and let's go back to Esther 5, 9 through 14. I want to give you this bold contrast. I know we covered this last week, but if you missed it, or just as a reminder, look at this passage from Esther 5, 9 through 14. Haman went out that day happy and in high spirits, but he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence. He was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife. Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all. Haman added, I'm the only person. Now, come on, here's the contrast. I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave. And she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. His wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, have a pole set up reaching to a height of 50 cubits and ask for the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. This suggestion, now here it is, watch this delighted Haman. And he had the pole set up. 
Okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Dishonesty and integrity cannot coexist. Isn't it great to be able to read chapter 5 again in light of chapter 6? Haman is now standing in the presence of the king. He thinks that the king delights only in him. He thinks that the king is going to give him permission because he's so happy with him to kill Mordecai. He's not even asking the king why he's present. What the king wants. But as soon as the king blurts it out, he realizes that the king has other plans. Let me give you an insight that I don't want us to forget this morning. It's a question. Have you ever noticed that people who always think the best of themselves will always think about what is best for themselves first and foremost? Wow, are you here? (laughs) Did, Did you grab that? If you're a person of integrity, I get it. There's going to be days that you're, you're, you're just scratching your head. You're thinking, how can these people get ahead? Sometimes you're going to scratch your head about people you love and care about. Don't stop loving them and don't stop caring about people who stumble when they, they go for what's easy and not what's right. But remember this. God's in control. Dishonesty and integrity cannot coexist. Haman wanted to hang Mordecai, but the king wanted to delight in Mordecai. Haman didn't need more wealth. Believing that the king wanted to honor him, what happens? God turns the tables. Oh, listen, don't try to flip the table over. Let God turn the table. Wait on him. Be faithful to God. Listen, people people who don't have integrity have to go find other people to hang out with that will help them think more about themselves than they do about God and others. But you wait. If you're waiting on God, don't get mad. Don't get upset. Please don't put your, your, your fears, your doubts, and your anger on social media. Stay off Facebook. Stay off LinkedIn. Dishonesty and integrity cannot coexist. In fact, did you notice this? Dishonesty assumes. Haman thought, he assumed, the king only thought good things about him. But did you know this? Integrity advocates. Isn't that good? Integrity advocates for the people that can't speak for themselves. Integrity advocates for what is right and doing the right thing, even when that means you may be pushed out to the outer limits, outside, you you may be pushed outside the circle you were once in. But don't forget what the psalmist wrote. It's better to be a a doorkeeper in God's house than an honored guest in the tents of the wicked. Dishonesty and integrity cannot coexist. Are we tempted to be persons of dual personalities? Hammond discovered that Mordecai 
was the man to be honored by the king. And watch this. He didn't complain. He didn't, he didn't let the king have it. He knew he had to obey. And he went out into the street because God was speaking. And Haman, when we see him in this moment, has to declare the integrity of Mordecai. And that leads to this last part of chapter 6. Look at verses 12 through 14. After Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief and told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors, please mark that. Please mark that in your minds. His advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. Here's our third principle. Integrity is something God never forgets and will always bless. I love this one. I love this. Integrity is something God never forgets and will always bless. Now notice that as this full story of Mordecai begins to unfold, where, where does Haman run? Oh, this is good. This is good. Haman runs home to Zeresh, his wife, and now remember, I told you to note this, and now they're called his advisors. Do you remember what we just read from chapter 5? They were called his friends. In fact, I have a question. How would you like to have a, a wife like Zeresh, who now tells you the very opposite? Just, just the day before, she said, build a gallows. Hang Mordecai. The king will give you his life. But now she's saying, well, you're doomed. Please hear me. Please hear me. Integrity is something God never forgets. And that's why we can't forget our own integrity. Stand up to people. Do the right thing. Say the right thing. Don't listen to gossip. Don't let people drag you down into a pit. Don't get with a bunch of friends that are your good friends as long as everybody's happy. Integrity is something God never forgets, but he always blesses. In fact, the man that Haman hated had become the person God wanted to truly honor all along. When I think about the focus of this verse, these verses, seven essential words pop off the page to me in verse 12. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gate. Wow. <laughs> Did you know there was power in just seven small words? Haman rushes home. He pulls up his noble hoodie over his head, rushes home to find that the people that 
had encouraged him to build a gallows are now his own grave diggers. But where's Mordecai? Mordecai goes back to sit at the gate. He always sits at, in the place of honor. It's the place where he learned of the assassination plot, and he was a man of integrity. It was the place where he sat when he learned about the edict of the Jewish annihilation, and yet he, he didn't panic. This is the seat he went back to with when he had sackcloth and ashes. This is the place he went to when the king ex- extended the royal scepter to Esther, and Mordecai went right back to the gate. In fact, in between the first and second banquet, Haman saw Mordecai sitting at the gate. Now, what happens after he's honored in the streets? Mordecai doesn't go tell all his friends. He doesn't throw a big banquet for himself like Haman would have done. Where does he go? He goes back and he sits at the gate, waiting. Here's the great news. We don't have to become perfect people that God can bless. We simply must strive to be people of integrity that God will bless. There's a a great story from years past. A pastor of a church in London had preached a message of honesty and integrity on a Sunday. The following Monday, he got on the trolley car to leave his home and go back to his church study to begin begin preparing for the next week. Now, this pastor wasn't well-known. He didn't have a large church, and he didn't make a lot of money. But he paid his fare, and then when he went back to his seat, he noticed that the trolley driver had given him too much change. Every little bit of coinage helped. And he went back to his seat and he counted it six, seven, eight times and he realized he had too much money. The first rationalization that came to this pastor's mind, isn't it wonderful how God provides? But the longer he sat there, with each passing stop of the trolley, the pastor felt guilty. He knew the right thing to do. So when it was his turn to get off, he went up to the driver and said, I'm, I'm sorry, I think you made a mistake. Handing him the extra coins, he said, you gave me too much money. I'm sure you didn't mean to. And the driver said, yeah, I did. Yeah, I meant to give you too much money. He said, you see, pastor, I was in your church yesterday and I heard your message on honesty and integrity, and I thought I'd give you some extra change to put you to the test. Wow. Wow. This morning, what is so important is to realize 
that integrity is something God never forgets. He wants to bless our integrity. But you and I have to realize this, that beyond a shadow of a doubt, every moment of living, God is giving us the opportunity to be people of integrity. That was Esther. That was Mordecai. They became world changers because in every small detail of their world, they had integrity. I want to challenge you this morning with this thought. Are you a bridge burner or are you a bridge builder? Now think about that for just a moment. Are you a bridge burner or are you a bridge builder? You see, here's what I, here's what I know. None of us are perfect. We've all, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but what we have to realize is this, that every time we choose not to have integrity and do the right thing, we're burning bridges. But every time we walk across the bridge of integrity, and it will, it will always be hard, and it gets harder the longer we wait. But when we do the right thing, God can bless. See, it isn't about what other people say or do. It's about what we do. Our integrity isn't dependent on somebody else. Our integrity is dependent on our own desire to honor God. So can I pray for us this morning to be people of integrity? Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for this incredible time together. You're an amazing God. I can't believe we've actually gone through so quickly another chapter in the book of Esther. But Lord God, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're doing things we can't imagine or dream. Father, none of us are perfect, and we all need to be bridge builders of integrity. God, show us in our heart of hearts where we need to build a bridge, seek forgiveness, or when the moment comes to be people of integrity, God, help us not to miss it. May we choose to, to be bridge builders this week if we've started to burn some. And God, may we truly be people of humility that can walk in integrity. And then God, when we do, we simply ask, don't forget us. Bless us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you so much. You're incredible. You are world changers. Go out and change the world God has placed you in. And in all things, remember, integrity never goes out of style. I love you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.